0: Fix the Convince. Welcome to the Fix the Convince podcast. Here's your host, Spark founder, Paul Mosenson. Hello
1: out there. This is Paul Mosenson. Welcome to the marketing optimization podcast, Fix the Convince. Glad you're listening in today. We're going to talk about content again and marketing automation. Um, we should all know what that is, but you know, there's, a way to use marketing automation properly. It's not just a tool, as you know, it's the strategy behind it and the message. And today we're gonna talk to Kim Albee, who is the uh, founder of Geno, um, which is one of the, uh, I guess, the more affordable marketing automation platforms, We'll just use that, but doesn't mean it's not as robust as the others. Um, It's Geno. Geno, dot com. Hi, Kim.
0: Hi, how are you doing, Paul?
1: Good. Welcome to the show. Thanks for uh, being on. Yeah, thanks for inviting
0: me. This is great.
1: Sure. Like I said, she's the founder of uh, Geno, and she uh, it leads the field in um, inbox deliverability across the email service providing industry. That's a mouthful. She's also the founder of the B2B online marketing group on LinkedIn. Oh, that's right. LinkedIn still has groups. Mm-hmm. Uh, She is an expert in using email marketing to build relationships and engagement with your perfect potential customers and has helped hundreds of companies and entrepreneurs build email engagement engines for their business that has helped to fuel their growth. She's also on the faculty with CEO Space International and the online marketing expert on the Sales Expert channel. Well, it's great credentials. Thanks. So... um, I have nothing to say except a few questions. So okay. let's dig right in about what you do and how you do it. So Janu, um, how does it differ from other of the more quote name-brand marketing automation tools like HubSpot and FusionSoft, which is now Keep and those other things that we know about?
0: Yeah, well, it, it's it, it's different in a lot of ways. So. At Janoo, one of the things that we focused on was integrating with WordPress pretty tightly because I think the CMS world, the content management uh, world is is pretty much decided out um, with WordPress and its ecosystem pretty much hosting probably over 150 million websites right now. and um, And the ecosystem really does provide quite a bit. So one of the things that we do is we look at being a best of breed all in one platform as opposed to... Uh, owned by one built by one all in one platform. So where you see HubSpot builds everything and owns all of their own code, what we do is we we participate in the ecosystem so that we can leverage best of breed plugins in WordPress, like WooCommerce for If you've got any sort of e-commerce stuff, we integrate really well with WooCommerce so that all the orders can attribute to those lead records so that you can also do automations based off what people are buying um, if you're in the e-commerce space or if you offer online payments and things. But at the same time, Lifter LMS for courses and memberships and all of that so that we can integrate there. And we can integrate with lots of other um, things as well. So, Uh, Zoom webinars is one of the things that we integrate with, but the way we integrate is very, very different than most other platforms and we have capabilities that a lot of the other HubSpot and Infusionsoft and that haven't even thought about in terms of what you can leverage when you're doing a webinar, which I think is super important. The focus that we have over all those other tools is that what our focus is, is really creating relationship and engagement with your leads so that you can get them high up in their buying cycle and you can nurture them all the way down, building relationship and engagement all the way so that when they get ready to buy, they're going to pick you. And so that's the way we've optimized our platform is it's all about getting relationship and engagement. And those are the best practices that we teach. That's what we test. That's what we build for so that you can really do that well in your marketing, uh, which ends up producing far better results.
1: Yeah, well, I actually uh, didn't know about a lot of those integrations until I was uh, researching the program again. So um, that's nice. That's great. Yeah. But, you know, the challenge here is like how we define small business and what their needs are, especially in today's world, what they're willing to, to buy, change, seeing the value of switching to your service versus what they have. You know, obviously, you know, there's the MailChimps and Constant Contacts and Awebers and, even like maybe active campaign, but um, but you know they're all like, um, you know what's the value of you know we have this. So again, explain more about you know your solution, and um, you know if you were selling me, um, the upgrade, what would be the benefits?
0: Yeah, well, I, I think you got to look at a couple things um in 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 a different way, and and so here's what I would say if all you want to do is batch and blast your emails out to a list, use MailChimp. They work great. Use constant contact. It works great. You send the same message to everybody on your list. The problem is the best kind of open rate you're going to get, maybe 20%. Maybe you'll get lucky and get a little bit higher. But even at that, you're leaving eight people of 10 out in the cold that don't care about what you say. The more you send to them, with repeated messages that they don't care about, the worse your sender reputation is. And that's what gives email marketing a bad name. Email marketing is one of the top, most top converting tactics in marketing. It's one of the best ways you can get results and turn a lead into a customer at 4,000% better than social media. Yet people mostly aren't getting those kind of results from email because they don't understand how to leverage email. So when you talk about marketing automation, I think people go, marketing automation, And a lot of people use marketing automation and expensive tools to do nothing more than glorified batch and blast emails. And their sequences are nothing more than a sequence of batch and blast emails. So what what you got to look at and what we started to decode and and kind of split apart is what is this whole notion of automation and how do you really utilize automation to help you build an intent database for your business? Because you, what we talk about is listening and that gets right to the tracking and the automation that you put in place around that tracking so that you actually know what people are showing interest in so you can follow up appropriately. And when you do that, you get completely off the chart different results from what people are doing and how they're using automation today. So what we do is we combine our software with the processes and practices that you can use to get best in class results today. And no one else is doing that. And so when you really, and so we look at automation differently. So we decode automation so that you understand the difference of what people call an autoresponder and actual nurturing. And you can see the difference very clearly. So we call that out very distinctly. We don't have autoresponders. And who, who, including you, Paul, wants to be auto responded to? Mm-hmm. Nobody. And who wants to be indoctrinated with an indoctrination sequence? Mm-hmm. Nobody. It sounds like I'm going to get a big old ugly shot in my arm. No. So- what you want to do is yeah. you want to build relationship and you want to start treating your perfect potential customers the people that are on your list as actual human beings rather than an object called a list that you're trying to get to do something. So you want to start to think about the relationships with those people. And what our tools allow for and what we are centered around is how do you do that well? How do you set up listening? And that is an automation. How do you set it up so that it makes your content marketing efforts easier for you so that you'll know what's gonna hit the mark when people start responding? So it's that level that we're taking things to so that you build your own intent database rather than having to pay a huge service to give you who they think, you know all the AI required for the quote unquote intent. Um, And that's the kind of stuff that we're doing um, that no other platform really does well.
1: Mm -hmm. Interesting, yeah. Um, You know, we talk about listening, and you know, the power—it's really the power of the content, like you said, and building trust. Now, I know when I try to put emails together, right? I focus on it. it, It's not rocket science to me. I, I I talk about education and problem solving, you know? I mean, that's what's gonna be relevant is this is something that you might be interested in that might solve a business problem you have. Now when you get to the promotional near the end you say, well, at NewSpark or whatever, um, you know, we have the tools or whatever to solve that problem. And I guess that's more of a, it's like com- combining like any kind of marketing, I guess, with ads is you combine education with persuasion strategically, right? Right,
0: Right. yeah, and I I think there's a time and a place for, you know, when when are you gonna add that in? So there's all kinds of ways of listening. So what I would say is that if you say, you know, here's something you might be interested in, I'm saying that because I don't know if you are or not. As soon as you download it, I actually know you're interested in that subject and I can now do deep dive and take you into that and really make a difference with you moving forward. And when I give you things to try or things to download, And they take you an inch along your journey and they work now i'm building authority and relationship with you because i'm helping you to move now you're going to be far more interested the next time i send you an email because it's like, oh my God, she's saying some really good things, right? And so that's the kind of system that we teach. And that's the kind of system that our software supports is you learning and engaging so that you know what people are interested in. You don't have to guess. And so when you say, here's something you might be interested in, you can do that, but send it to people you don't know. And then then listen when they click and the ones that click, you can now deepen that in lots of ways that help them move an inch. And if you want to move somebody 20 inches, you know, you want to move them two feet, move them 20 inches, one inch at a time in that way, because anything more than that, and you're going to just, their eyes will roll back in their head. So you don't want Uh to take them too far and you don't have to, Uh but what you do tell them if it works, you've built relationship and authority. And that's what you want because they Uh want to work with the authority in the space.
1: Uh Of course, tell that to the 94% of people who don't open those emails, right? So, Well, they don't open
0: them them if you're not targeting them well. And if you don't know how to hit the content, then yeah, that's your same old, same old email statistics, right? Yeah. But if you get this done, I'm talking, we have people that are getting 30, 40, 50% open rates and 30% click-through rates. That is not standard in the email marketing industry.
1: Actually explain that further. What's in your... View, what is the, the secret behind enhancing open rates? Because you think you have a good message and you think you have a decent audience and subject line is intriguing. But what do you think? What causes I would that? say it
0: all comes down to listening. It all comes down to when you send messages out and you learn what people are interested in and you follow up appropriately with their interests. So if you know your segments, so if you know your, your interest segment areas, and you can actually send emails. So let me give you an example in the continuing ed space because okay. it's an easy one to do, right? Sure. So continuing ed has lots of non-credit programs and courses. We have a lot of customers in the continuing ed space, colleges and universities that do non-credit programs. And so they, sent, they might have hundreds of different courses that people can do for professional development or personal enrichment. On the professional development side, let's just take that side. So let's just say that you have, people who come out to your site and they look at your, um, uh, let's just see uh, professional development, maybe leadership training programs or something like that. And you have other people that come out and look at automotive stuff, or they look at, um, different kinds of, you know, dentistry, professional ed or whatever. Right. Well, if you've got a new open course, who in um, if you've got a new open course in leadership, wouldn't it be great to know those people that have actually gone and looked at your leadership programs and your courses in leadership, rather than sending an email out to everybody that includes the people that are looking at automotive things and people that are looking at dentistry um, continuing ed? So what we've seen is that when we ha- when we set this up with our continuing ed customers, we literally have them listen so they can pay attention to how people are going through their site. Like, what are they looking at? And they bucket that interest so that when they have a course that they need to fill. So average, average continuing ed courses only fill like less than 50% of their seats. So 51% of the seats go unfilled, right? And so when you look at it, if you can fill those seats because the courses are going to run if all the seats you can fill above that, is going, that revenue is going to drop right to the bottom line because they're already covered their costs. So what they need to do is fill their seats. So what we do is we have worked with our customers so that when they have something like that that they need to do, they can look and they can go, here's the people that are most relevant to receive it. They send an email out to 150 people. They have 25 people sign up and they have a waiting list on that course. One email. Okay. One email. And that's just one example. We have numerous examples, but that's one that most people can wrap their arms around and get, oh my God, what would that mean for me? But that's exactly what I'm talking about is using automation to help you build that intent database so that you make your content easier and you make your ability to, to determine who should receive a particular email or sequence of emails or campaign that you're running so that you get the right people getting the right messages at the right times.
1: So, are you saying that because this is something people don't think about? So, you're saying your tool will track your prospects and what pages they visit and put them in a new, like, say, nurture sequence or a group that says, you know, this group clicked and visited this page. So then they'll get this email.
0: You can set it up that way. Yeah. Yep. We track everything. So, tracking is super important. One of the things that, say, an infusion software, a keep doesn't really do well. They leave it up to you to tag everything that's important as if most of the small business owners that use it know what those things are. And what we've seen for the people we've converted off of that platform is they have no idea how to tag well. So we then looked at it and said, well, if we're providing marketing automation and we're providing this kind of functionality, why do we leave it to our customers to have to tag everything that they want to know? Why not tag things automatically and let people leverage it through our automations? And so we tag when we know who someone is and they come out to your site, we track every single page they look at. Now, if you have automations that say, if they look at this page, let's bucket them into this bucket, then you're going to actually be able to track that regardless of them clicking through an email or not. If we've got them already, already cookied, already tagged that way, we're going to track automatically those things. And you can set that listening, what we call listening up so that you know that, and it doesn't just have to be based off of a click through of an email. We go beyond the click because because it's not just what they click in the email that shows intent. It's what they do after the click that actually reveals the intent. Let me give you another example. And again, continuing ed, because it's just, they're so yeah, easy. Yeah, yeah, this do. is
1: actually interesting. But, I didn't realize you I mean, that tool did that. I mean, but no one... when
0: you, when you, so we had a continuing ed client, and this is back probably yeah. five years ago. It was one of the tests we run. We run tons of tests, but we had this one client and he had professional development and personal enrichment. And he was like, never the twain shall meet. These are two separate lists and all that. And I started to get him to think about some things differently. I was like, well, maybe there's some other stuff going on here. So he was doing an email. He sent out a professional development email and in the bottom right corner, and it was this big, huge batch and blast email back in the day. This was probably five or six years ago. And he put a sewing class in the bottom right corner. Now that's a personal development. It's like 50 bucks. Okay. Okay where you're talking thousands of dollar programs, 50 bucks. So he sent this email out. Well, the second, and to his dismay, and he was really upset, the second most clicked link in that email was the sewing class, okay? So it was a professional, and this was a personal enrichment. So we started to look at, okay, who clicked through that sewing class link? Well, of the people that clicked through that sewing class link, he had three people, went to look at his grant writing class that was not in the email i think more people went three people bought that three thousand dollar program they clicked through the sewing link that grant writing class was not in wasn't even in the email. right right but it was so like that a, one sewing link made him nine thousand dollars in that one cent.
1: yeah like a cross sell opportunity that's what you identified
0: Yeah. It's like going beyond the, but we could track it all the way back to the email. And so what this email caused is much more than what link got clicked. It's what happens beyond the link. And so we have statistics and measures that show what this email caused that are just standard in our metrics.
1: That's interesting. It was a topic we're going to get into anyway about measurement. So, so I can see this right now, then you have a client engagement, whatever their industry is, you know, we always talk about, you know, personas and segmenting audiences based on their needs, right? Mm-hmm. Then, you know, ideally, if you have the time um, to have maybe custom email sequences for each of those audiences, right? Yep. And then you have all these trigger events that occur, like here's the openers, here's the don't openers, and we're doing AP tests over here. And then for, you know, then we're doing like click tracking here. And then if they do this, we go here. We do it. So it's, Right. Is it how complicated can it be to get all these little like like tangents of arrows, you know, what if statements going through this thing? I mean, it can be
0: it can be super complicated, which is why we we simplify it. Right. So here's the thing. You don't have to pre-think it. So in our software, you don't have to pre-think it. You can actually send it out, see what segments you mostly end up with and then say, hey, we could write a campaign around that. And then you can write that campaign, put it together and then trigger all those people into it manually rather than having to uh, have it all ready to go ahead of time, just in case you find some people like that. So we're optimizing your time spent, we're optimizing what you're learning the whole time. So I say keep it simple, you do not need a, a, a rat's nest of, you know, a hairball. Uh, to try and figure out and do that all ahead of time. You don't need to have your world look like that. It gets far more simple when you do one step at a time and then follow up and look and you're learning the whole time. And then as you develop these things, then they become automations that work over time because for the most part, especially in B2B, they're evergreen. So there's a lot of stuff you can leverage that way. But it's, again, we talk about simple, We don't talk about complex because the stuff that really works is far more simple than you think. And people make it far harder than it needs to be, which is why most people aren't doing email marketing or marketing automation well at all. And and that's why we just keep it simple. And so we're looking at building interest and segments based on interest as opposed to segments based on demographics or segments based on other things. Because what we know is interest-based segmenting works across age groups if somebody's interested in something, it doesn't matter if they're 100 years old or they're 30 years old, they're interested in it and they'll look at it and they'll read it and they'll be engaged in it, right? And you, there's a way you can talk to that interest. And so that's the stuff that we've done to to really look at how do you create relevancy? How do you create engagement and that trust and authority that you need in order to close the deal when they're ready to buy?
1: Mm-hmm. No, I agree. I mean, it's a whole phrase of analysis paralysis, right? But yeah. at the end of the day, you know, I've had clients, you know, like, you know, they just want to, you know, everything we do in marketing is to feed hungry salespeople, really. And and you know, and then sometimes it, you know, with nurturing, especially with SaaS products and long buying cycles, it does take a while. Yeah. And, you know, I've had I remember years ago I had conversations, um, why are we blogging? What's our ROI of the vlog? Like, what? <laughs> you know, right. um, you know, it's you know, you're building trust with your audience hopefully that eventually they might pay attention to you because you're building trust you know so you got to give it some time you know versus you know the bottom funnel you know just to paid search you know because those guys are already looking you know and that's kind of thing you know i've just had a conversation with a client this week about setting up nurture sequences right because you have it's actually pretty intricate Kim. you like this i mean it's not totally intricate really but maybe to some people in the audience right where you have mixing lead magnet emails, right? With um, yeah. sales emails, sure. you know, alternating them and testing them, right? Because the, I said, you know, people who download content are not ready for sales yet. They're just intrigued by the, the topic, right you know? And you're going to have salespeople call them and say, hey, you know, that's what you do, right? Like, oh, right. so I downloaded ebook. Would you like to learn more about it? Well, not yet, but okay. So then we'll do the nurture. And I, I send to the authors, I send them, look, it's a great ebook, but we're not done yet. I need you to give me um, three or four more topics, not in the ebook that is related to the topics in the ebook. So we can right. do follow-up educational emails with yeah,
0: it. Yeah. And we call you know? those attractor deep dive. We call those attractor deep dives. So we call the ebook would be an attractor, right? Attracting your perfect potential customers. But then we also, you can't forget to map, and I know you know this, Paul, but you don't, you can't forget to map your content to the buying stage. So we split the buying stage into four steps. So it's, It's first, it's just, you know, are they alert to that there's an issue and then they start to want to, want to do some research. Um, Then they reach a decision and then they're finally ready to buy it. And and, and so there's this whole process that they go through. We just break it into four steps. And then we look at content strategies that, that, that go through this process so that, you know, if somebody downloads something um, and there's only, and there's certain things you're looking for at each part in that. So if you've got content that's in the decision process and somebody downloads it, you can kind of know, gosh, they're, they're all the way down there and you can verify it through try through getting in a conversation with them and finding out, right? So there's different ways to know the way you design your content to know kind of where you can approximate where somebody is. So you're not using top of the funnel content to then wonder, well, are they bottom of the funnel? (laughs) Because, and some people will be, but that's going to be the low hanging fruit. Those are going to be the few and far between, right? So don't alienate the people at the top of the funnel because you're, you so want them to be at the bottom of the funnel.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, it, it's again, it is exercise and patience, but yes. Um, and you just have to, as a company and leadership, to believe in the process and say, guys, I know you're doing your teleservices and things like that. Fine, go do your sales emails, but this is a, We're also building trust with prospects as well because we don't know they have, they don't, we don't know if they have won anything yet, right? You know, most people, you know, download content because they find it interesting and they say, okay. I always like tease people. I say like, you win, you win, you get my email. I know you're gonna follow up, but this content is so irresistible, right? So that's 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 the point we talk about is, what. we always challenge the benefits of like why is this so important to me that i need it now not later but now you know it's yeah strategically right because then you'll get more downloads except because you know you win you win get my email address okay right. here, come, here comes the, the nurture emails but that's okay though because you're going to educate me further i might want to make a buying decision at some point right. so because i'm building trust so anyway but that's how it works so that works. you uh, all know that, but um, but yeah, but it, it, you know, you always have to rely on. It's not just the message, but the follow ups and what's the plan. You know, that's your content plan, not just the lead magnet. It's okay, see you later, right? So um, now, if you're doing the bottom funnel ones, you know the call to action is um, set up a call. Well, you hopefully get some low hanging fruit there anyway with a problem solution that we spoke about before. Anyway, um, <laughs> I like a preaching into the choir, but. Um, but it's important to do that. So um, but let's go you talk about the list. And we spoke about that even before I started recording here, you know, is <laughs> you know, you know, is about you know the quality of the list and, and marking automation and these other programs. And we know they're out there with the um, you know, the servers, but how does marking automation in general, you know, in this country get away with you know, more technical thing, the bulk email. Um operations that you guys run, you know, because, you know, and and how to eliminate spam and those kinds of things. And, you know, yeah, well,
0: I mean, if you want to look at getting to the inbox, it's kind of a, it's, it's a, a good conversation to have. And I I would say that one of the things that I did, because I wanted to know how we rated in terms of uh, email deliverability vis-a-vis our competitors. And so we wrote a process where we actually go out and we look at the sender reputation on all the sending servers that all of our competitors across all of our competitors and we started to rank it all. And what we saw was really, really interesting. In fact, what we got was just led to more questions because it was so interesting, the data that we were getting. And one of the things that we saw is well you have a sender reputation between zero and 100 100 being the the best that's the bomb that's like all going to the inbox and it's the the best you can do right and then you've got the 90s and the 90s the high 90s are damn good and then you got the lower 90s well that's okay but you get below 90 and you're in the 80s and you're probably not going to the inbox you might go to the promotions folder maybe you'll go you know, but if you go much below that, you're, you're in the spam folder, you're, you don't have a lot. And if you have a 40 email sender reputation, you're, you may not even get delivered. The MTA may not even say, give you a, a response code that, you know, the, the, the mail system that's accepting the mail may take it and then just discard it and never actually deliver it to the inbox, right? So what you see is, is if there are email servers that are out there that have a reputation in 60, 70, 40, 50, 60, 70, or 80, that means, you know, how are they delivering email? And and as a sender, you don't know which sending server is actually sending your email. So as long as your email, 20% of it anyways, or maybe half of it goes off of a really top-notch sender so that you get your 20% open rate that gives you a happy dance, that you don't even know that there are people that never, ever see your email. You don't even know Um, because there's no real way to, to truly measure that. And so, and so we started to ask all these questions and that's why with our sending, our sending servers and our server process, we have a 97 or higher sender reputation across all of our servers. We don't have any below that. We don't have any in the low nineties and we don't have any in that that are anywhere below that so that we know that the one factor, which is only one of three factors, by the way, is your IP address that you're sending off of. That's just one of three factors to get you to the inbox. So we know that that factor isn't what's going to determine whether or not our customers' emails make it or not. And it is with other platforms. So it's not with us. And so that means that you have to look at your own engagement and you have to look at your own relevancy. And these things are being measured. So if you even look, if you have a Gmail address, for instance, now Gmail or Google delivers 60% of all domain email, and that's their G Suite services, as Junu.com, we're a customer of Google G Suite, right, for our Junu.com emails for our company. So if you look at, but if you just go look at Gmail, go to your spam folder and look in there. There are emails that you opted in for that you haven't seen for quite some time because they're going into spam. Why are they going into spam? Because they got sent to you and you stopped opening them at some point. And if you stop opening at some point, if you try this out, just stop opening emails and about, and you'll see at the point at which they then start putting them in spam for you because Gmail knows you're not interested. So if you don't segment your lists to the people who are interested and get them the relevant stuff, by the time you get around to something relevant, those people who would love it may never see it. And that's why batch and blast doesn't work anymore. And that's why people are saying, you know, you hear people say email marketing is dead. It's not. But if you're not using best practices and you're not segmenting your list, then that's why not? Because people aren't seeing what you're sending. Hmm.
1: I had no idea. I was going to ask you if there were any tools to check um, your reputation, email reputation, you know, uh, yeah, there,
0: there are for your domain, you can go out and check your email sender reputation for your domain. And it's your email address is your, it gets your reputation, not just your domain. So you can't send from any email at your domain, you have to send from a specific email is what gets reputation, right? So Kim at Janu.com is mine. And it has specific reputation. Um, And we send, it ends up, we send all of our email off of that email address because it's what has the reputation. It's how we started and it's what we do. Um, And so that's how we send. Um, But a lot of people don't know these things, but you can go look at it. The problem is, is that third factor, which is what's the reputation of the actual sending server that's sending your email. And that's what you don't know. And you can't know because it spreads out across many different sending servers so that all of your emails will get delivered at approximately the same time.
1: Oh, interesting.
0: And that's what, that's how the functionality works. That's how, that's how we do it. And, and every email service provider works the same way. So then you, you got to start to ask yourself, well, how come MailChimp has a free account offering? (laughs) You know, I, and so you ask these questions and it's only because we have the data that even led us to make some theories and to really test them out. And so understanding how you get to the inbox is key. And that's how, what's built some of our best practices as well.
1: The other factor, of course, is the, uh, the you know, you've seen this too, like the design, too many images, too many links, you know, yep. or, you know, and other free, yep. you know.
0: Yeah. Sure so. way to get to the promotions folder is have more than three links in your email, have more than you know, more images in your email. Um, you know, you got to look at it like, uh, if it looks like a duck, acts like a duck, smells like a duck, quacks like a duck, is it a duck? And that's the same way they're looking at email. You know, they know what goes in the promotion folder versus what goes into an updates folder. And and so they're looking at these things versus what goes into a spam folder. So we had a client that sent an image because they could design their email to look exactly how they wanted. They did it all as an image and they just put the image in the email And they sent it and that's all that there wasn't not one word in the email. Those went into the spam folder. Why? Because that's what spam does. So nobody saw that lovely formatted thing because it wasn't actually an email that had text in it and stuff. They did it all as an image. Um, And so you, you learn, those are things not to do. If you look like spam and act like spam, then they're going to put you in spam.
1: No, but just to ask though, like if you're, an e-commerce client, you're always going to have products and pricing, probably like cross-sell upsells and e- they're sure. all promotional emails. Yeah, and
0: they're going to go to promotions and that's okay. That's where they're going to go. That's what they are. And that Google knows that and that's where they're going to go. Yeah. Um, and you don't have to only send those kinds of emails either.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's good to have like good content, like even customer service emails, how's it going? What do you think of the product? Do you have any questions? You know, things like that. It's, yeah. It's
0: and those emails chat. can be fine. Yeah. Those can go right to your inbox. They don't yeah. always go in, you know, they, those can go directly to your inbox or to yeah. your updates folder for sure.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I know with your program, when I send emails out, you know, I see the bad emails and I just delete them out, <laughs> you know, so, mm-hmm. um, cause that helps too. Right. So
0: well, we uh-huh. don't send to any bads, so yeah, we automatically if it's marked as bad, we won't send to it. So you don't need to delete them even, but we won't send to them.
1: Oh, I didn't know that. Okay, so bads
0: yes. or opt outs, we won't send to.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I always wonder, like, even getting in the weeds here, but like, if you have an email list of ten thousand, you think are good, but you send, you look at the accounts and said, oh, we only sent eighty five hundred. Where's the other fifteen hundred?
0: They opted out, or they're bad. Yeah. They've already been opted out, so they're on your opt-out list. So that's going to filter them out. Gotcha, gotcha.
1: All right. Um, but let's talk about the program I use. It's your sister program, WordPress Marketing Engine. Yeah. And uh, that works right in WordPress, um, which is a great tool. I mean, you don't think about these things when, when we found it years ago, and uh, been long time customer. Um, why haven't I mean talk about that? And it seems obvious that other companies would do that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I, what we did is we looked at, you know, how do we make this really accessible to smaller businesses, entrepreneurs, coaches, experts, all of that. And we started to look at how do we, you know, so you can log into Janu and then, you know, we have a WordPress plugin that integrates really well with WordPress that we have larger customers use that have teams of people managing their marketing. And we thought, well, could we offer something to the smaller space? And, and could we do that and optimize it? So our WordPress marketing engine, some people call it Janu Light. Um, and it really does have a full set of features in it that are surprising when you really look at. And if you were to compare the two, you, I could you know, tell you what's different, but we don't have all the integrations, uh, but we have almost all the integrations. You know what I mean? Like if you don't want Salesforce integration, which most entrepreneurs and and, think, and smaller businesses aren't using Salesforce. So why would we need the Salesforce integration on that product? Right? So when we look at things like that, we optimized it. And then we said, what if you, all you had to do is log into your WordPress and it was your marketing engine. So you could launch your blog posts, you could put new copy. in if you needed to do that, you could manage your email campaigns, look at all of your leads, even those sit up in the cloud in our platform, you can look at them from within your WordPress admin. So fundamentally, that's what we decided to do. And it's been a really, really good, um, a good tool for that market, because it does kind of keep everything right there. And it's all in one place, you don't have to log in a bunch of different places, and it's all integrated. So, so that's that product. And, and it, and it has, it has much of the same features, you can do surveys, um, you know, and the, and the responses attribute directly to the lead records. So we have an integration there so that you don't have to go out and use SurveyMonkey and all of that. Um, you can do assessments that literally build the response based on how people score as they go through the assessment so that people can get a response right away that's appropriate to them versus someone else. And that's something you can't even do in SurveyMonkey. And in fact, I learned that there are tools that you can use to do that, but they're like $30,000 to build your custom assessment. Mm-hmm. Um, and yet we have a tool where you can build it for yourself anyways and have your people go through you know and offer it out. Um, as a as a as a lead gen device or what have you um and so there are those sorts of things you can do even with wp marketing engine so we tried to take the best of the best still put it in there give people the full advantage of the different automations and email marketing and and all of that but just in a different way at a different price point
1: i better look at that again <laughs>
0: <So> <laughs> there's a lot you i had no do idea Paul.
1: you know i'm just yeah. trying to figure out how to get the forms in there yeah
0: but um yeah, yeah.
1: but you yeah, to do that for sure well yeah. um Talk about, um, you know, we've alluded this before, but um, measuring content—it's always like, you know, how do you do that? You know, opens, clicks, like you mentioned, but you know, for a C-level executive, you know, and they say like, is it working? You know, so like, what's the report look like? You know what I mean? Yeah, so, well, I think what a
0: C-level, what a C-level executive wants to know is, you know, how many, how many leads do we have, and where are they in the funnel? Um, you know, where, how many people are we engaging with? And if a C-level executive even knows to ask those questions, do you know what I'm saying? So you want to look at, well, if what you're looking at is number of leads, I'll never forget uh, very early on with Janu, we had a customer that was using another email solution and they moved over to us and uh, they had X number of leads and they had this kind of magazine, which was their content approach. They would do different issues and they'd send them out. And it was all about disaster recovery and different kinds of things like that. And I forget the name of it, but any rate, they'd had this, um, this, this magazine kind of thing and they'd have different episodes or different issues. And so people would go out and depending on what issue they downloaded, they'd have to sell, you know, do their lead capture and they'd capture them all. So if you looked, they had like, a thousand people in one, you know, episode, you know, issue one and a thousand people issue two and whatever, right? Well, we dedupe based on email address. So we know that, that Kim went and got one, two, and four, and John went and got, you know, two and three or whatever, right? Well, what they did is they took everyone who downloaded one and they added it to everyone who downloaded two and they, cause the, these were different lists in their old system. So what they reported up to management was the sum of all the people who downloaded each thing, not the actual total of uniques that downloaded period. Do you get what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So then they went into our system and we dedupe and they were like, Kim, we're missing a bunch of leads. And I said, no. Mm -hmm. Let's take a look. And we, and we identified this. Well, they'd been over reporting their leads to their senior management for months because, you know, up until they started using us. And so then what they did instead of correcting that and fixing it, they just knew how to then count so they could report the same and -hmm. keep it going without ever saying, oops, we made a mistake. They just kept reporting the duplicates in the totals to say, this is how many leads are going through the system. So it just depends on, you know, it depends on what's important to you, where people are in the process, how many engaged leads, do you even know how many engaged leads you have as opposed to what your overall list size is. And so in Janu we look at well, the way you know active lead active um, people in social media is those that are active in the last 30 days that's that's when they say this is the user base, right? So we thought, well, let's do the same thing. So we have an engaged total that you can look at on your dashboard, and it'll tell you how many of your leads are actually have been engaged with you in the last thirty days. Yeah, uh, and that's, that's very on the that's size a, of your list. So
1: that's a great segment to you know to do different marketing to because they are more into the what you're trying to say versus right. no time. <laughs> so
0: right. Well, imagine yeah. having a no activity rule. Instead of a, just the rules on based on activity, have one where if somebody hasn't done anything for 120 days, let's mark them disengaged so they don't get any more of our stuff. And then we can purposefully go through maybe quarterly re-engagement campaigns to see how many we can pull back in to being engaged. Um, and that way you clean up your list really clearly, but you don't have to delete those people. Then you're gonna see if you can go and re-engage them. Um, and so we have stuff like that that works automatically if you set up the rules, um, you can actually uh, leverage that functionality, um, and then start to, you know, peel those back in. So there's a lot of features there. And again, it's all about engagement and relationship, everything we're doing, everything we talk about and the best practices we've built is all about building relationship and engagement with your leads.
1: That's what it's all about. Um, this is a good conversation. This so why don't we summarize a little bit just for people who, um, may not be using marketing automation. Um, or might be considering switching or whatever. But um what's what what's your final thoughts to um, C Suite about um, yeah, using the I, platform?
0: I would say what 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 um results are you getting today from your email marketing or from your marketing automation and are they working for you? And if you're if you're interested in building engagement and relationship as a way to garner the growth of your business and build sustainable results, then you should check us out. You should actually come and look at what's possible. Um, Now there's different kinds of things that we have available. We run a three-day event. Um, We only do it three times a year. It sells out every single time we do it. It's a three-day event where you actually get to get your arms around the flow of online marketing. And then you get to build your X-Factor blueprint and action plan. Uh, And then you walk out with a, a plan so that you're not just chasing shiny objects. You actually know what you've got, what you don't and what you need and what's going to be best for you to grow to grow your business, um, and then we go into a twelve-week implementation intensive uh, following that, so that people can actually get to the implementation pieces and get things done and in place, so that they have a solid foundation to grow. So that's one thing that we do. Sort of, a, it's like a boot camp format. It's actually really uh, slick, and people love it. Uh, so again, that one sells out every time we run it. We only run it three times a year. Uh, we also have a lot of different downloads. So we have a download you know, that looks at how come marketing automation doesn't work for most people? What are you missing? So we have a download about that. So again, you can come in and engage with us about any of those things. But if you want to really get the promise of what email marketing is and start to build a sustainable uh, process for engaging your perfect potential customers through email from attraction through close, if you will, then, um, or turning them into a customer, then We've got full sets of processes and and um, and lessons and courses and all kinds of things that actually walk you through exactly how to put that in place. Good to know.
1: All right. Well, thanks for joining me. This is a good conversation. It's Janoo. Janoo.
0: Janoo. 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 Like generating new possibilities. Janoo.
1: Geno. G-E-N-O-O.com.
0: That's right.
1: Right. So yeah, I mean, listen in this day and age you know email marketing love it or hate it it's just part of the marketing process yep. you know you can do ads do search you can seo email is huge yeah. it's just you know subject lines i mean There's a lot of testing involved, you know? Yeah,
0: I mean, there's all kinds of topics we could dive into that are all part of making email work and making your process work. We've talked sort of high level today, but for sure, email is the workhorse of online marketing. There's no question.
1: Yeah, for sure. Yeah, there's a lot to talk about. All right, well, um, think about it out there. Um, Look at your own email platforms and is it working for you? it's one thing to have the platform. It's another thing to have the right audience, the right message, the right strategy, the right cadence. Um, a lot there, but it that's why um, this thing is so robust because you really have to have a strategy involved in order to engage prospects through the funnel. And uh, don't try to sell them too hard, but it's okay a little bit. It's okay a little bit, <laughs> but up, um, you know. So, but you know, again, it's it's trust to offer to close think about it so it's like a website it's like anything all right well i appreciate it thanks this is paul modenson fix the convince there'll be another podcast shortly and um keep listening and uh, have a great day thanks again
0: thank you paul thanks for listening subscribe to get more marketing optimization insights fix the convince